The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane. With us today, we have the Reverend Fred Hintz. And Fred is the public policy advocate for uh, the district at uh, of Minnesota South of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So we understand that you are uh, presenting a topic very soon on uh, a clash of worldviews. Can you define what, what you mean by worldview? Sure. Uh, I will be speaking primarily about uh, the worldview that we kind of collectively know as uh, the, the Western uh, Christian liberal in the sense of uh, being freedom oriented, that, uh, that kind of worldview, as opposed to uh, the, the Marxist um, atheistic type of worldview uh, that is being uh, uh, so, so broadly um, advocated for in our culture. Right. So some of us uh, who are maybe a little bit older would remember the Soviet Union or other countries that had a Marxist worldview. Um, so so what are you know, now that the Soviet Union is gone and has been gone a generation, what are some of the names uh, that would this this worldview would uh, fly under the flag of? Uh, well, it is, in fact, uh, a, a version of Marxism, uh, probably neo-Marxism would be uh, a better term. Uh, it, it is also commonly known as uh, cultural Marxism. Uh, and in our country, we, we find that frequently uh, advocated for by organizations like uh, Black Lives Matter and similar kinds of, of organizations. Um, so it's not so much associated with any particular person uh, as it is uh, simply a, a cultural movement. Right. Uh, and I would say that uh, when you mentioned the Black Lives Matter, one of the founders of that organization admitted to the fact, saying that we're all Marxists uh, in that organization. So it's um, it, it may sound shocking to our listeners but um, it's acknowledged even by some of the leaders of, of uh, some of these, these groups. W where did this come from? <laughs> well, of course, uh, because it is Marxist, you can ultimately uh, trace its roots back to uh, mid 18th century, uh, Karl Marx and uh, Frederick Engels. Um, the, the core of their proposition uh, of course, was that uh, was that the individual uh, matters very little uh, as opposed to uh, the group. Uh, and so because Marx and Engels were, first of all, they were uh, clearly uh, atheistic, um, but they they wanted to uh, create some kind of a utopian society. And that required, uh, in their view, that the current 
society needed to be essentially destroyed. Um, as that has translated into our American context here, uh, that same impulse is still present. In other words, uh, there's a an effort to to destroy the the culture that uh, as we know it. Uh, they do that essentially by introducing uh, as many different forms of conflict as they can to produce uh, as great a chaos as they can. Um, it is their stated intention to, um, to, to destroy the values, the value system that, that we subscribe to here. Things as basic as free speech, uh, religious freedom, uh, equal application of the law, all those kinds of things uh, are, uh, in are they intend to destroy those. Um, and it doesn't stop with those kinds of concepts. They intend to, to destroy some of the basic uh, stabilizing institutions of our society, uh, notably the um, uh, nuclear family, which they have very clearly said they are out to destroy. Uh, and the same thing is true of the church. Uh, Marxism has always uh, been uh, antithetical to uh, to the church. And so that continues to be the case uh, to this day. So is this a movement that's political, uh, cultural, or religious, or all the above? All of the above, absolutely. Um, it, it's a, a case where... Um, when the, the digger, the, the deeper you dig into it, uh, the more you understand that what's being proposed really is a, uh, a an, an alternative, a rival pseudo religion to right. to, the, to the Christian faith. Um, it it attempts to to smuggle in a variety of heresies, uh, and unfortunately, it's been somewhat successful, at least in some church bodies, and so uh, they're. There are reasons why we in the church stand opposed to it. Um, it's, it's not just that, that they are avowed enemies of the church itself, but they seek to destroy our Republican form of government, which uh, we in the Lutheran church, uh, via our two kingdoms doctrine, we understand that to be something that, that we want to defend. And uh, so it's for that reason that the, I, as a representative of the church, uh, take an interest in this uh, topic. Could you define for our listeners uh, two kingdoms? What do you mean by that? Sure. Uh, it, it's simply the recognition that, that God governs uh, in this world that he created uh, in two ways. Uh, he, he governs uh, through the church uh, and it, its gospel, uh, and he also governs through the state. And uh, it is through the state that, that we main, maintain um, uh, order in society generally. Uh, and it is through the church that, that we maintain uh, essentially an internal order uh, by having a right relationship with, uh, with God, our, our creator. And I, I, I guess I'd add that uh, we prefer not to have one person who is both the head of the church and the head of government. Absolutely. That has uh, 
like to keep a recipe for trouble. (laughs) Like like to keep those uh, roles and functions separate. So uh, we understand uh, analytically why it is uh, dangerous to have uh, a group that wants to do away with church and uh, the structure of of family and, and things like that and supersede that becoming becoming the um, the replacement church, if you will, uh, through Marxism. Why is this so important for our listeners to identify and understand and uh, uh, recognize? Well, as I indicated earlier, it's important because uh, the intent of this movement uh, goes under either the name critical race theory or uh, more recently, the, the moniker of, of social justice. Uh, the intent is literally to destroy the, um, the society as we know it. Um, I suppose we can grant them the good intention of, uh, you know, that they want to create something better, but uh, there's always destruction that comes first. And so uh, this obviously has implications for, for every person. But uh, in particular, for every Christian person, because we understand uh, via our baptism uh, that we're called on uh, not just to uh, defend the church and its beliefs, but uh, that we have obligations to to the society in general to to safeguard uh, the uh, liberties and, and life of, of all our neighbors. So I imagine some of the Cold War enemies of the United States probably started seeding some of these uh, destructive thoughts in universities and campuses across the United States. And it's it's now coming to fruition, perhaps. What what are some of the key points of conflict or what are the, the intersection between these foreign ideas and life in this country? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I think we have to recognize that uh, critical theory or critical race theory, as we're experiencing it now, uh, versus Christianity. Christianity clearly uh, is a, uh, a a worldview that acknowledges that we are created beings, that our, our world is created, as opposed to uh, critical race theory, uh, critical theory in general, which uh, really is uh, materialistic. Uh, it views us uh, as evolved creatures, um, whereas a, a Christian would look at, at human beings and, and say that we, we have, because of the fall, uh, a sinful human nature, and that it is that human nature that uh, leads us, that uh, causes us to fail to love our neighbor as we should, sometimes resulting in race, racist uh, attitudes. Uh, but uh, from the critical race, the Marxist point of view, there is no such thing as human nature. Uh, and therefore, if you're going to point to something that, that accounts for racism, uh, you have to fabricate something. And in the case of critical race theory, that fabrication is called whiteness. Uh, it, it is that uh, to which they uh, have to point uh, as a, a reason for our failure to love. Whereas uh, Christians freely acknowledge that we are all sinful human beings, from the Marxist perspective, critical race perspective, 
some some are not sinners, uh, or at least they have been absolved of their sin by means of a scapegoat. In other words, all their sin has been uh, placed elsewhere on, it turns out, uh, members of the, the white white race, as it were. Uh, and then finally, the, probably the, the key distinguishing point uh, would revolve around the Christian concept of forgiveness. We understand that in Christ, our sins are forgiven, therefore forgiveness is available to all. And it is that forgiveness that then results in a, a new unity, first of all, between us and God, but then secondarily between us and other human beings. It is forgiveness that, that's the source of our unity. Contra that, uh, critical race theory essentially rejects the whole concept of forgiveness. That is not something you can ask for. It's not something you can uh, give. Uh, and so consequently, th there, there is no hope for unity, uh, either with uh, God or with each other. It, it's a very fatalistic. And uh, so you, you could hardly imagine um, a, a group of of um, beliefs that are more contrary to Christian belief. So what should we do uh, in our congregations or as individual Christians? Uh, what should we do to uh, become more resistant to some of these ideas? Well, I, I think you could probably summarize uh, the, the variety of things that we can do by simply saying that the church needs to be the church. Uh, we need to uh, be confident. We need to do so unapologetically. We need to teach our, our Christian doctrines with clarity. Uh, important that we that we challenge evolutionary thought, um, and, and not just from a scriptural point of view, but from a scientific point of view. Uh, modern science has really completely discredited uh, Darwinism uh, as a as the legitimate scientific uh, viewpoint. Um, we need to continue to uh, emphasize the, the the sacraments, particularly we in the Lutheran Church, uh, because it's in the sacraments uh, where each of us, as individuals, is assured uh, we are assured of God's forgiveness. And then finally, uh, we need to be very intent on deeply grounding ourselves, ourselves and our children in God's word. There's simply no substitute for that. So what, what is God's word? God's word is the Bible. It okay. Is the scriptures. Absolutely. Right. There, there's none other. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and could you define for our listeners what you mean by sacraments also? Well, uh, in the Lutheran church, uh, we typically uh, acknowledge two sacraments, two, two means by which uh, God comes to us physically, those being baptism uh, through, the, uh, through the physical uh, uh, water, and also uh, Holy Communion through the bread and the wine. It is through those that we understand that God uh, uh, assures us of our forgiveness for Jesus' sake, and uh, and then, as I said earlier, we proceed to celebrate that forgiveness and the unity that it brings. Uh, 
for which of course is why we call it frequently call it communion uh, a, a unity that uh, comes no other way so we're uh, we're being public now in our in our presentation as you uh, talk about this issue what are some things that we can do publicly to um, uh, strengthen the uh, the tradition of uh, Christian faith uh, for individuals, but also the very foundation of so many of the structures within our nation. Sure. Well, I think it's uh, incumbent on us as a Christian people, first of all, to be refuse refuse to be silenced, uh, to be cowed into silence. Uh, rather, we should be uh, speaking uh, lovingly publicly, plainly about moral matters, uh, not setting out to be uh, harsh or antagonistic, but still uh, speaking in plain terms. I, I think we need to encourage each other to be uh, civically active. Um, that, that's an important way in which we um, uh, challenge the, the idea of, of uh, pitting one group against another. It, it's in the civic realm that we come together as individuals for the common good of our society. Uh, I think we need to uh, use science to, to uh, challenge uh, a variety of uh, heresies, but especially the Gnostic heresies. Uh, the, the whole recent idea that you can be born uh, in, the, in the wrong body, um, that scientifically, that, that's just an absurdity. Uh, and we, we need to not be afraid to use science to communicate that. Um, for us, uh, it's important to, to celebrate, I think, both the reality and, and the complementarity of, of uh, male and female. Uh, who would have ever thought that that is something that we, you know, has to be so explicit, but it does. Um, I think also we need to learn to, uh, uh, to, to recognize the code language that's being used in, in, in our culture. Um, critical race theory distorts language in so many ways, and, and it, then it embeds this distorted language in so many of our institutions, especially our educational institutions. Um, and then uh, I think it, it's absolutely critical that, that we continue to advocate for greater parental empowerment, particularly when it comes to education. Uh, school choice is an absolute must uh, so that, uh, in fact, parents can uh, guide the, the uh, instruction of their young people according to their most fundamental beliefs. And uh, fortunately, that's something in which we're making a good deal of progress right now. And we need to continue to press that through mechanisms like uh, education savings accounts and, and the like. Uh, and then finally, I, I guess we, I just need to encourage people to be politically active, even though that isn't uh, necessarily a, a comfortable thing for, for everyone. Uh, it is something that we are called to uh, in our baptism. And uh, so th those are our, our variety of ways, I think, that we can uh, publicly uh, allow our, our faith to, uh, to guide our actions. Yeah, you talk about uh, using your faith to uh, be in the public 
uh, square. Um, you talk a little bit about uh, voting and the preparation that maybe a Christian should have. Uh, the reason why I'm asking this, we had a guest on some time ago, and he cited what he calls the 40% rule, where 40% of Christians uh, are registered to vote. And of that 40%, only 40% um, actually vote. And of that 40%, only 40% actually vote as a Christian. Uh, so you're down to six and a half percent of of Christians in the United States who are actually voting in alignment with uh, the Christian faith. Um, what's at stake here? <laughs> what what isn't at stake? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had not heard those uh, those uh, statistics before. Uh, if, if they're accurate, uh, it, you know, it's kind of a depressing thing. But um, I believe uh, that uh, it is possible for us to motivate much larger percentages of our fellow Christians to be uh, politically informed, first of all, and that's part of what I do as a, a public policy advocate. Uh, and by the way, I serve both uh, our Minnesota North and Minnesota South districts, so it's a, a statewide um, uh, venue that I have. Um, but uh, I, I take it as, as part of my calling to try to inform as many of our members as we can, not telling them, of course, who to vote for, but uh, informing them of the, the issues that are in play and uh, trying to bring a, a, a Christian biblical perspective to them. Right. We'll come back to Pastor Hanson in just a moment. First, I'd like to direct your attention to our radio program's website, elmhouston.org. And on that website, you'll find podcasts of our past uh, programs. You'll find links to our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. And also on elmhouston.org, you may ask questions and you may support us with um uh, your tax-deductible donations. Your radio hosts on elmhouston.org are all volunteers, and so your donations go far to help us share the good news of Jesus uh, and the good things that are happening through Christians, such as Pastor Hintz. We appreciate you, your listenership, and your support. And now back to Pastor Hintz. Uh, what's your view of the future? Well, uh, I I am. Uh, I'm an optimist. Uh, I believe that, uh, frankly, from from a, a strategic point of view, uh, those that that are trying to uh, uh, invoke this Marxist view have uh, so far uh, overplayed their uh, their hand, so to speak, uh, that it's becoming clear to to a wide variety of people of a wide variety of political persuasions both uh, conservatives and liberals, uh, that what is at foot here uh, does not serve the common good. And uh, so I, I believe that there's a new openness to hearing these uh, critiques of, of this movement. And on, on that basis, uh, and because simply the Lord is in charge of history, uh, I'm, uh, I believe that uh, th things are going to move in a better direction than they have for recent than in recent years. In the last minute here, is there a way that uh, people could uh, connect with your work or, or contact you? Sure. Um, 
I, I can be found uh, on our uh, district website. That is the Minnesota South District uh, of the LCMS. Uh, I have a, 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 there's a public policy tab there that, that they can go to. And I put out uh, a, um, well, roughly a, a monthly uh, newsletter called uh, One Voice for Public Policy. Um, and they can also find my, my contact information there. Again, that's Minnesota South District LCMS. Well, God's blessings on your work, and thank you for sharing some times with our uh, listeners today. Join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.